Her father, Gerard White, had died at Christmas two years ago, an infection swiftly curtailing his cancer. And then, on the 1st of December last year, her husband, Adam Patterson, 39 years old, had run a red light and been killed instantly. I can't believe it, Kate had told the police. He was such a careful driver. Because Adam had been careful. He was all five-year plans and budget projections, while Kate was impulse and snap decisions, last-minute holidays and figure it out later. It was the source of most of their arguments, his forethought running up against her impetuosity, but it had also, Kate thought, made them a team. Adam had encouraged Kate to leave Domus, the interior design house where she had happily spent a decade working with her adored boss, Madeline Hawes, to set up her own company. Kate had taken the plunge, rented office space for white designs, hired a small but brilliant team and gradually built a client list. Her clean minimalist style and ability to transform spaces in a shoestring started to get attention. She began to feature on the front of industry magazines, was asked to speak at conferences, got a few big commissions for local celebrities. Adam had suggested they sell their tiny flat and buy a bigger one, a sprawling, run-down four-bedroom flat in Marchmont with a barely functioning boiler and faulty wiring. It would be Kate's dream project. She could use it to showcase her skills, and then they would sell it for a profit. Kate had felt uneasy about the idea. I'm worried about the kids living with all that dust, she had said, knowing that wasn't quite the problem, but unsure what was. Plus, we can't afford a four-bed flat in Marchmont, even in this state. But Adam had been confident. If it gets really bad, we'll rent somewhere for a few months, he had said. Stop worrying. When Adam told you there was nothing to worry about, you believed him. They had sold their flat, put most of their stuff in storage, moved in. And then, a week later, Adam had died. And it turned out that their savings, the stocks and shares and bonds that Kate had never bothered to understand, didn't actually exist. The problem with being a vague creative type married to a financial wizard, Kate realised, is that you don't know to look behind the curtain. She had let her team go with a month's pay and no explanations. It was a dark secret Kate had carried alone this past year. She couldn't bear the thought of telling Jean or Alice. And now, there they were, her and Max and Emmy, in purgatory. She could neither afford to do the flat up, nor sell it. Instead, they waited, in a flat with holes in the walls and dust on the floor, picking their way over cables and brushing their teeth with water the colour of weak tea. Kate had come to hate the flat, the mess, the bills stacking up, the clouds of dust that would rise up whenever she sat down on the sofa. Once, she would have rolled her sleeves up and got stuck in, made the best of the situation, but now she felt paralysed by the immensity of the task. Now, Kate stood in the doorway of the kitchen, watching Fergus doing a magic trick with a napkin and a fork for the kids, Nat rolling her eyes and pouring wine. A funeral for Hamish was exactly the sort of whimsy that Adam would have hated, but Emmy and Max were laughing now for the first time in days. The miserable flat seemed warmer and cosier, full of people. Fergus always knew best. 
He and Nat had started as playground acquaintances, but had swiftly become her best friends, particularly in the last few years. They had a knack of checking in without being irritating or invasive. Now you see it, said Fergus, holding the napkin steady. He waited a beat, then whipped it away. Now you don't. Emmy shrieked and clapped. Again, she said. I want to see how you did it. It's magic, said Fergus mysteriously. Appearances can be deceptive. A lump swelled in Kate's throat. Suddenly the dusty kitchen, full of her best friends and her children, drinking, talking and laughing, felt claustrophobic. That was the thing about grief. Half the time it came out of nowhere and knocked you off your feet. She slipped unnoticed out of the kitchen and went into the bathroom. There was no lock on the door, but she propped a stool underneath it and sat on the toilet seat, head in hands, breathing through the pain, trying to slow her racing heart. What a mess she had made of things, she thought. Or rather, what a mess she and Adam had made between them. <laughs>